Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bullets, and welcome back to the fifth Sunday of Easter for the week of May 2nd, 2021, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and wow, has the year just continued to move right along as we are now in May. It's amazing how just time keeps on ticking, as we've heard in the song, into the future. And here we are moving forward and continuing in this season of Easter, this exciting time of the year. And I'm really excited to dig into this week. I think there's some really fun things that I don't think it talked about enough that really help us understand this at a deeper level and kind of understand more of what Jesus and our Holy Spirit Trinity is really all about. And so I'm really excited for us to dig into that. But before we do, we have to take a look at last week's Twitter question, which was, how are you welcoming more people into your flock? And we had some discussion this week looking at different groups and especially as slowly again, as we're slowly trying to progress through this, how we're slowly bringing people back together and trying to have people welcomed into these groups. But I think right now, I think the challenge that I would petition to this is how are we making sure within that flock that there are people that we don't necessarily see the same as, we don't necessarily see eye to eye as, you know, expanding it maybe even our flock outside of people and trying to understand the creation of God, the social justice of God, so many of these different facets with that and welcoming that into the flock. And again, trying to remember that in that we're not supposed to be the helping hand. We are the sheep. We are the ones that we're trying to be led by the good shepherd and how easy it is for us to lose sight of that and really distract away from where we are trying to go. So I think that's one of the parts of this that can be really confusing and can be overlooked a lot with that text. So let's just jump into it because I'm really excited about this week. The first reading is out of Acts chapter 8 verses 26 to 40. So now, remember, this is a skipping ahead a few more chapters. Philip was with Peter last week when we were, again, kind of having that Holy Spirit talk from Peter. But I think it's also then, let's look at this here. Philip is on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. And on the way, he encounters a eunuch. Now, a eunuch is typically a person who's kind of like a bodyguard, somebody who's protecting, and he's an Ethiopian eunuch of the queen of Ethiopia, and it states that he's in charge of the treasury. And while on the way, the spirit then directs Philip and says, go over there and talk to this person in the chariot going by. So Philip goes over there and sees that he's reading the prophet Isaiah and asks, do you understand what you're reading? He then responds with, how can I unless someone guides me? And so then they're going through this text and Philip kind of goes through and starts talking to him about Jesus and what the good news was of the proclamation of Jesus. And to the point where in verse 36, as they're passing a body of water, the eunuch turns to Philip and says, can I be baptized? And there's just this rejoicing through the proclamation of who Jesus is. And again, that the spirit-led thing happened. And this is such an interesting text, and I think it actually 
plays really well with the gospel text this week. And you'll find the gospel text this week is really the linchpin that holds all these together. And it's just a great text worth looking into. The psalm this week is Psalm 22, verses 25 to 31. This is, again, understanding how we have to continue giving praise to God in that what has happened and as the world turns, it's really God who is in control and that God is the one who is helping future generations. It's God who is then helping the earth and the next part of life because we are to dust and the dust we shall return that we essentially are such a small section of time and our dominion here really isn't anything of dominion it's god who is trying to have us continue to do the work and the labor of where he is trying to steer this ship the second reading is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. This continues on that similar theme that we've been hearing from 1 John. But again, this is kind of a really fun, deep passage in discussing how the love that God has for us and what that actually means for us, that this love is so all-encompassing, all being of God, that it's just the character of who God is trying to show us what perfect love is. And so that we can try to emulate this, but realizing that we are going to fall short so that we are trying to emulate this gift that's being given to us. But understanding how much love has gone into that through the crucifixion, through all these different facets of this that it's love that's driving God forward. The gospel text this week is out of John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. And this is, I am the true vine, my father is the vine grower, but the more famous, I am the vine, you are the branches text. And this text gets into then talking about how The vine grower is removing the branches that don't bear fruit and pruning to make sure that it bears more fruit and that as long as we abide with Christ, that then we can have fruit and being able to bear what is fruitful, that the scraps are going to be gathered up and burned and thrown away and that this process is glorifying the Father and what the Father is trying to bring forth. A lot here, a lot of things to dig into. I'm really excited about this week, but before we jump into this week and compare how faith and science come together, we have to do our shameless plug, Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcasts, their commentaries, discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I really like going there and being able to listen to podcasts from biblical scholars to commentaries from biblical scholars, being able to go through that. And I'm also going to, again, continue to shout out lectionary.library.vanderbilt.edu. It's such a great resource, again, having more of the art side of it, but also just a great place to be able to see all the readings together in one spot. So if you haven't checked out Vanderbilt's Lectionary or WorkingPreacher.org, I'd highly recommend them. So what has me so excited this week? For me, one of the things that I don't think gets talked about enough is actually what 
is talked about here in this first line. I am the true vine. My father is the vine grower. So to be able to understand this, we have to understand what technically is a vine. So let's go to Merriam-Webster, our favorite. And there's two definitions that we have for vine. A plant whose stem requires support, which climbs by tendrils or tweenings or creeping along the ground. So tendrils being these little curly cues that kind of come off to help grab, to help it climb. Or B, any of various sprawling herbivorous plants that lack specialized adaptations for climbing, such as a potato or a tomato. In understanding this, we first have to understand that this is a plant that either it's going to be along the ground, which is going to cut its growing potential. Because one, it's not going to be as strong. Two, if it's along the ground, it's easily trampled on. It's easily, any fruit is gobbled up. Plus, it doesn't get as much sunlight. Because of a leaf being up and above, you can get where when the sun being at different angles, you get more sunlight. So a plant that's along the ground isn't as vibrant, isn't as strong, isn't one that's going to bear much fruit. So if we have here in the text that Jesus is comparing himself to the true vine and that the father is the vine grower, what is the vine grower fully doing? We hear about the pruning and we'll get into that, but I think one of the things that we forget about is the vine grower has got to make sure that it has structure, it has shape. And so this week and a lot of the links down below is from people who do vineyards and talk about how do they work with grapevines in particular. And what they typically have is that they're on a cordon wire or a fruiting wire, which is essentially this like trellis-like thing that you're having the fruit vine grow onto to be able to bear the weight of these different fruits that it's going to grow. And so then let's get through some basic anatomy here of the plant. We have the trunk of the vine, which is coming out of the ground. And at the top of it, where it starts to split off to make its branches, per se, that's the head or the crown of the vine, which then goes along the cordon, which is why then you have the cordon wire, fruiting wire, but the cordon goes horizontal to the ground. And along that are spurs. And then depending on how you want to grow, there's two different types of growing. There's cane pruning or spur pruning. To me, when I was watching it, spur pruning made a lot more sense. But essentially along the cordon, so along this branch that goes along, you have where additional branches are coming out called spurs, which produce canes. And the canes then have nodes, which have buds on them. And that produce shoots, which produce fruit. But essentially that you have this branch that comes out and then it has additional branches or canes that come out of the spurs that that's where the fruit is coming from. Now, what the gardener is doing, especially with spur pruning, is it's going along and it's taking out one, a lot of the old growth. Because in this where you're looking at the cane, so the first real shoot off the main branch, which will then 
get to where the fruit is. Anything that's older than over two years, it's a darker wood, that's being pruned away. It's no longer helpful. It's no longer useful for it to grow. They're looking for that one-year growth and then bringing it back to the nodes and the buds where we'll have shoots come off for the fruit. What I find fascinating about this, and especially if you watch some of these videos going through this, is one, the amount of care, work, and effort that goes into it. You have to do this by hand to be able to do this. And in that process, you're also looking for disease. You're looking for where there's been infection. And especially now with how we will tend a garden, you're making sure that your clothing, even before you enter the vineyard, is sanitized to reduce the risk of bringing in some type of disease to the plant. You're spraying down your cutting tools, your loppers, your snips, whatever you're using to cut things back with alcohol to reduce the chance of, again, having some spread of disease. You're trying to cut it down as low as you can to the branch and have clean cuts to prevent possibility of disease and where it's going to be harder for the vine to grow. But one of the things that I've also found very interesting as I was listening to this is that the talk that these people who work in the vineyard will talk about how each vine is unique and different and that there is thought that has to go into how you're doing this. It isn't on autopilot. You have to be able to look and evaluate how this is working, especially if you're doing cane pruning where you don't have cordon going out. You're using the canes to produce the fruit. It's essentially you have the trunk to almost the canes initially, but you got to let a couple canes grow for next year's fruit. So thinking ahead, along with looking at the canes that you had from last year and evaluating and where do we cut back for the upcoming year. So it's this very laborious task that does require a lot of thought and looking at and considering the plant, looking at where are the strong canes, where are the weak canes, so that it can bear fruit, that it can be able to grow the way that the vineyard is expecting it to grow. And yet then you're putting it on this fruiting wire, this cordon wire, to be able to provide shape and structure to this plant to make it so that it's actually more fruitful. And when we start looking at that, comparing it especially with the first John text, this to me is starting to sound a lot like faith. This sounds a lot like what Christ is telling us that we've been given different gifts and abilities, but there's going to be times that you're going to need to be pruned back. You're going to need to be looked at, evaluated, that there's going to be times that we're going to be cutting things off from even the community. Hence, like right now, how we have over the last year, we've gotten a major pruning of the lack of community that we've been able to be with. You see, there's been shape and structure to what God has been doing. It's been going through and evaluating our lives. And we've been doing a lot of that ourselves, cutting things back, trying to be and look where are we diseased, where are we having weak branches that aren't bearing fruit? How do we cut this back so that the plant can grow better next year? And I think about this, especially coming from the United States, how we almost pride ourselves on this idea of being busy. 
And if you look at what the last year did, we're already talking about how it's the forgotten year because it was slower. But yet what I see from talking to people is it's also been the year of some of the best growth that we've had in a long time. And I wonder, is it because of our busyness that that has prevented us from actually growing? When we actually evaluated and let God work within us and start looking at our branches and start saying, I need you to cut this off and cut this off, I'm going to take this off, that that's when we actually started to grow. And if you think about this process of pruning, you think about the process of what it takes to be a gardener or an owner of a vineyard who has hundreds, if not thousands of or more of these plants, the love and care that it takes to go through each and every single one of them to do this process every late winter, early spring, before the growth. That's when it has to happen, before the growth, before the plant wakes up out of its dormancy of winter, which sounds eerily familiar to me with where I feel that I'm at spiritually. You look at the Acts reading with Philip. Philip is on a walk to Gaza from Jerusalem, but because He's in connection with the Spirit's been going through all this and is taking his time. Not in a chariot. We don't hear that he's in a chariot. We can assume that he's probably walking, especially based off of that we've had the discussions in previous chapters in Acts on how they're bringing their funds together, that they're trying to live more humbly. Philip's probably walking. It's the eunuch that's in the chariot. It's then the spirit stirring within Philip saying, I need you to go over here and talk to this eunuch. But we have to rewind the pruning and everything that's been going on, how the spirit has been stirring within Philip over the previous three years with Jesus, plus what's been going on lately with the beginnings of the early church to be connected enough to the Spirit to understand that this will be fruitful to go here. There's lots of love to the point where the plant or the vine or the branch that's going to bear fruit, a.k.a. Philip in this case, that Philip understanding the Spirit stirring and saying, this is where I need you to go. That the gardener has set the plant up for success. That you had Christ giving the nutrients into Philip the whole time to be able to then bring the shoot out to bear fruit. When we understand that, we would bring this psalm of praise like we get in Psalm 22, understanding that we have very little to do with this. It's that we have to be willing and able to be loved on and letting the love come in, even if it means pruning back things that are hard and difficult in this time. Brothers and sisters, when I look at this text, this speaks to exactly where we are right now in 2021 better than I've ever seen it. The understanding that we have a vine that needs structure, and that's supposed to be our faith. That's supposed to be letting God guide the vine onto the branch. Us being the branches, letting him put us on the fruiting wire. Letting us, realizing that we're going to be cutting a lot of these canes back, understanding you can only bear so much because your plant is only so strong. 
And as you get stronger, we'll have more spurs so that you can bear more fruit. But if you're not ready for it, nope, we got to cut things back. You're not ready for that. How often we want to be this bigger plant than what we actually are. This is a text of trust. This is a text of us understanding how much that we really aren't doing, but we have to allow it to happen. How much we aren't doing, but we have to allow it to happen. And when I look at what 2020 has been defined by, there's a lot of things that we couldn't control, but we had to allow it to happen because we couldn't do anything about it. How in our faith have we done the same thing? If Jesus is comparing us to a grapevine and understanding that this is what needs to happen so that the fruit can happen, that there's going to be times where we're cutting a lot back. We're cutting back last year's growth. We're taking all that out because that's no longer helpful to you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as we come out of this time and this pandemic, we cannot go back to the same fruit, the same canes, the same shoots, and expect the same results that we had in years prior. The world has changed. And we should change with it. We have to be willing and able and understand that it's okay to be cut back so that we can actually grow to be able to get stronger, to bear more fruit. To have a gardener being able to come in and understand where we're weak and not push us beyond our limits at this point. To be able to find the disease and cut the disease out so it doesn't affect the whole plant. How often a master gardener will talk to you about how, yeah, there's times where pruning, it sucks. It might not make for a beautiful plant for a year or two or three, but you have to have this long-term focus. You have to think about not the garden of today, but the garden of tomorrow, next week, next year, the years following that. It's easy for us to get caught in the moment of today and forget about the future, but that's what we need to be able to see. If we are the branches, we're not the ones who is doing all this, but we have to be able to trust that the gardener is looking forward for us. And that we have to trust and accept that that change is going to make for us to be a stronger branch of this vine. That because of that, we'll actually be able to bear more fruit. And one of the things that I I wish this text stated more is bear much fruit is remembering the quality of the fruit. Because a gardener doesn't just want tons and tons of small grapes to harvest. The gardener is going to want quality grapes to harvest. And so even if it means reducing that so that we can put more energy into the few grapes that we have to make better quality grapes so that the vine can continue better, because that's going to build that vine. Do you think about a lot of what the pruning is, is pruning is taking energy out of things that aren't useful, that aren't going to bear a ton of fruit, that isn't going to be helpful. We have to remember this. Philip had been blessed with years of growing along the fruiting wire to be able to bring this fruit that we hear in the story of the eunuch. The praise that we understand that this goes on longer than us as long as we continue to be on the fruiting wire. Continue to trust. 
And it's the love of what the gardener is doing that really is transcendent, that really allows us to actually grow and actually be fruitful and actually have something valuable. Christ is trying to give us something valuable, but it understands it takes a lot of work and it's hard and it's a process that we will continue to go through. Because winters are going to come in the faith and that that way we need to be then cut back. Cut out the old to let the new growth grow. To make the plant stronger overall. So your Twitter question this week is where do you need to let the new growth grow? And where do you need to let the old growth die and be pruned? And I think this is a deep question. It's a question that the church is having to go through right now. As there's been a lot of new fruit that have been introduced into churches. One that has been introduced into a lot of churches this last year is recording services. And understanding the fruit of what you got there, is it worth keeping? Is it worth cutting that cane to try to bear more fruit? Or is that a cane that's just, it's not bearing good fruit and you have to cut it back? I can't be there to help in your decision. But what other practices, what other things have you been going through at a personal level, at a community level, at a country level, at a global level? This is where we're at. This is what makes this difficult. And this is a great opportunity because the vine can get much stronger. The branches can get much stronger if we allow the right pruning to happen. But if we buck the pruning, if we open up the wound bigger than it needs to be, it can cause disease and kill. It's the hard thing with faith at a corporate level or an individual level is that has to continue to grow and that sometimes means cutting off old things. We see it with professional athletes all the time, the hard thing of when is it time to hang it up because the body is saying it's time for new fruit to happen. It's hard, it's difficult, but necessary. Growing fruit takes a lot of work and effort. Someone needs to tend to it. Someone needs to provide the nutrients and have the insight to understand where the fruit is going. To be able to continue to tend to it, providing the nutrients and the Holy Spirit directing those nutrients on where to go. So as we are in this time, I really hope that you spend some time and understand maybe where are some of these old growth that needs to be cut so that the new growth can bear much fruit. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.